Can't hear you, Scrub. You hit the record button, but I can't hear anything. Hello? Can you hear me? Oh, boy. That's because I did not. That's because I did not hear the mute button. So, hallelujah. (laughs) Yeah, this is Praise, Prayer, Decree, and Declare. We are off to an awesome start on a snowy Monday morning here in Wisconsin. Uh, It is the second day of the Feast of Unleavened Bread. Yami, would you like to pray us in and pray against any technical glitches that might happen, whether caused by Shadaim, divisive spirits, or just... Yeah, human nature, hallelujah. Bring it. Okay, Father, this is an okay day because we are able to communicate with you as we um, enter your gates with thanksgiving and come to your course with praise. We ask that you put a protective canopy around the the lines that um, our, our communication goes across. Rebuke the enemy on our behalf and, um, and cause um, our ability to um, maintain all the electrical or all the computer stuff that um, we're using, let us um, uh, be in charge and do it properly. Let nothing interfere that um, if there be a place of lack in our ability that you um, strengthen and change that to um, be what we need, Father, because we want to stand um, as successful in every area, including in the area of um, pushing buttons. <laughs> Hallelujah. And so um, we want to recognize you as our most high Yahweh. And we want to know that in you we live, move, and have our being so we will succeed to accomplish and um, and successfully let you flow through us, Ruhat. And Thank you that you will spread Yah's love abroad. And that means that we, too, are filled with whatever you want to um, minister about and um, work you have to do as you renew our relationship every morning. We um, we come forward and salute you and say, Ruha, let Yah's will be done, and do and let us each fit into our parts. 
thank you again. And Ruhat, you have permission to use us. Amen. Well, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you for that, Yami. Appreciate it. We're going to take a quick music break, and then we're going to bring Yami back for her morning teaching. And it is Toby Mack.
hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Yami, what have you got for us about coming out of the promised land? We know it's going to have something to do with prayer and pharaohs. Hallelujah. Well, it, uh, it's definitely involved, but it is a little different twist in Exodus. Um, as the um, people came as Yah's people, Israel, made it to dry land and were led to water. They were also led, you know, griping, little murmuring about being hungry. So we're going to the, in the 16th chapter of Exodus, and um, a little information is, and Moses said to them, do not let anyone leave um, the the tent, go to work until um, morning. And they did not listen to Moses. And some left until morning. And it became rotten, the, the um, and magnets and stunts. And Moses was angry against them. And they gathered it in the morning, the man that we're talking about. This is the food, and this is how to... He um, wants us to deal with, um, you know, manna, the Israelites. And they gathered it in each one in the morning according to the month of his eating, the mouth of his eating, how many, and it melted in the heat of the sun. And it came about, on the sixth day, they gathered double bread, two omers for one. And all the leaders of the congregation came and reported to Moses. And he said to them, this is what Yahweh said. Tomorrow is a rest, a whole, a set-aside Sabbath to Yahweh. What you will bake, bake and boil with what you will boil and lay up for yourselves all that is left over to keep it until the morning uh, or the next day we're talking about. And, um, They laid it up until the morning, as Moses commanded, and it did not stink, nor didn't have magnets in it. And Moses said, eat it today, for today is a Sabbath to Yahweh. Today you will not find in the, not find in the field. You will gather it six days, and on the seventh day is a Sabbath. In it, none 
shall be found. And it um, happened on the seventh day, some of the people went out together and did not find any. And Yahweh said to Moses, until when do you refuse to keep my commandment and my law? Behold, because Yahweh has given the Sabbath to you, therefore he is giving to you two days of bread on the sixth day. Each one of you remain in his place. Do not let anyone go out from this place on the seventh day. And the house of Israel called it the food manna, and it was like the seed of coriander white, and it tasted like cakes and honey. And Moses said, this is the thing which Yahweh has commanded. Fill an omer from it to keep for your generation so that they may see the bread which has caused you to eat in the wilderness. For I brought you out of the land of Egypt. And Moses said to Aaron, Take one pinch and put it in the fullness of an omer of manna and deposit it before Yahweh to keep you um, your generate to keep for your generation, even as Yahweh commanded Moses, Aaron laid it up before the testimony to keep it. And the sons of Israel ate the manna 40 years until they came into an inhabited land. They ate the manna until it came to the border of the land of Canaan. And the Omer was the tenth of an E-P-H-A-A-E-F-A. So I guess the main thing in this is Yahweh um, (laughs) continues to provide whatever they need and the people continued to give complaints. And um, so it says 40 years they were in this wilderness. That's a long time. And they had their whining with them. But Aaron and Moses and Aaron taught them how to keep the Sabbath. Now, again, Yah never leaves us in the dark. And how did they know? Because of their prayer, their communication with their Messiah. He he led them, and actually a few times I'm reading so far, he didn't do that with exact words. Like when they first got the water, 
the um the first place they went was um bitter, so they moved on till they got to um a certain body of water and um it was um called Mariah, I believe, something like that. And Yah showed Moses. It wasn't verbal that he said. He showed Moses a branch of a tree. And he threw that into the water basically because like Yeshua did what he saw his father do. In other words, the vision was given to him to throw it. It wasn't spoken. And I believe in this manna, or with the manna, first it does say Yahweh spoke it, but then it um, it became a commandment. And Aaron and um, Moses both knew what to tell the people. Hallelujah. And we, in our prayer life, don't always um, hear from him, but we know he shows us. He lets, for me, and not everybody, I've talked with a lady, 84, at the um, Seder we went to, and she said, that's beautiful. I've never seen a, pi- a picture to to tell me what to do. And that and I was at starting as a young person. Like one time, I lost. I only had one pair of shoes on the carnival, and we were going to leave the carnival the next morning. And I lost one of my shoes, and I was was sad. And I had a dream or a picture while I was sleeping of where my shoe was. And I woke up, and that day we were leaving, I went to what the picture I saw in my mind, and there was my shoe. So he spoke to me in a a way, in a different way. But it was still him who gave me where my shoe was. So hallelujah, Father, I pray that we all understand that you use all our senses and we submit them all to you and that we do what we hear you say or see or just um, you keep us in the right path, the path of walking with you and doing your plan, your will, one day at a time, Father. So I um, say hallelujah, so be it, amen. Well, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you for that, Yami. We are going to have Marissa come forward with her praise, prayers, decrees, and declares this morning. 
because she's been hitting the books and she's been uh, digging in deep. So here is Marissa. Hallelujah. Thank you for that, um, Yami. Oh, hallelujah to um, our most highest Elohim, our Heavenly Father. Today I am um, bold. That's it. We're bold as a um, warring lion. I'm Yahweh's daughter. I'm love. I'm an overcomer. I am beautiful. I am great. I am gifted. I am faithful. I am rock. I am a, um, a mother. I am a warrior. I am a champion. I am a successful person. I am a truth teller. I am well seasoned in, in Yahweh. I am Yah's vessel. I am a vine. I am bought and purchased by the blood of the Lamb. And I am well sensed in Yah. And his, um, he glorifies me with his fruits and his senses. I grow more into him. I am a student for Yah's word. And I, I am a seer as I speak um, more wisdom and as well as a hearer. As I listen to the word and listen to his praises and his worship, and I am a walking and living testimony for Messiah. And I am obedient, and I'm I'm overcoming as I am putting my all my trust in you, Yahweh. And I am fruitful and I'm joyful. Hallelujah! And I am thankful for for your living word, Yahweh, for the world that we are living on and thankful as we can still be be grateful for the weather as it sees um, spring on the other side. We just are thankful for those moments and thankful that our, that our nose and our breathing still is intact as the cotton cold affects the uh, area. So I, I just into that as um, our breathing is evened out, whether it's hot or cold or warm or freezing. So hallelujah for that, Yahweh. We can blow our noses. <laughs> hallelujah. And thank you for um, the sunshine as we are slowly watching it come and as well as um, giving us the, the joy to to not be dwelling in the negative about the um, weather, as I'm an overcomer, that I am learning to enjoy all things in you instead of the opposite. And I'm thankful for um, you bringing me out of that, that dark place to um, be able to be joyful about. And I also am grateful for your food as, we, as I am. Um, coming out of those areas where the fruits are starting to get rotten, that there no longer need, needs of um, nastiness. I'm thankful that we can keep those, that we can have fresh, uh, anointed fruits in our, in our life and uh, self-control and full of effort and weakness, love, I know it's four or five other ones, but hallelujah. 
we'll get to those later, but I just think we have clues. And as we were talking about this weekend, we went over them the other day, actually. So it's a, definitely a good thing in a way. So as we look more into you, it helps um, to rock up in your fruit and let us be uh, understanding on what each one is and its asset they manifest enough in this ministry as well that, that they come forth from you, from your um, grace and your hand. And I, so I, I am grateful to be in repentance as well as you've been reminding me of that for this, this Passover weekend and as well as all of us as we bring us into that, that season of repentance that as we overcome those old things. And I'm thankful that we come into a new new life this year to rise up in um, remem- remembrance of what you did for us. That you rise, raised again and you come out of that tomb you live, you live for us, and you live for your um, work, Hakadosh. That they, but um, it's, I'm still overcoming some of those things. So I just been thankful that that work will continue to grow and do more inside of me as you doing in, in all of you. So I just um, decree that over me too. That bringing that that forward as I. Looking back at my note here, as I go forward in repentance, as I as I go forward in you, Yahweh, that you're bringing that that fire back to life. That's why I just speak life over that situation and over all of our situations too. And and thankful for um, being grounded in you. Love well, that scripture last night that we read on the, the line about being in His face. For some, I wrote it down in my journal last night. So I'm gonna. I want to think more about that too, but I'm just thankful that we can have that faith that for Yahweh and that Yahweh has. But as, as you um, bring us in, ask for you to bring us into alignment with, with those areas that we may fall short in or might fall short in, and just help us grow. And I'm thankful for salvation, I'm thankful for our animals, as well as our, our children. I'm thankful for all the children all over the world and as well as our own children and our families and I'm thankful for as spring starts returning that the, we'll see more and more of your of your life outside. And just thankful for life in all areas and for safety as well on the roads and and it's also um so Sandy too as they're traveling in the midst of when they do when they do go on their next um phase from where they're leaving from, just lift that up as well as others that are on the road. And I decree and declare your, your favor over our situation, Heavenly Father, that we all have areas where we are in one spot with you. And just ask for that prosper. Take us to the next um, level and the next step in our growth, that we prosper into that with your uh, understanding. And I decree and declare that you give me that mindset that I can bring that into the reading of your word and understanding and revelation that my mind will have to be and grow and I just as a screen to clear that your um, shalom over us the screen to clear your love as well as your um, guidance and the screen to clear your protection over each of us and as well as the um, world out there as I decree that there's so much going on Yahweh so I just decree that you um, will intercede on our behalf as well as we are in each with the um, work 
to be in prayer for things that are beyond our control. Hallelujah. Well, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. This obviously is scribed. You can tell by my voice by now. If not, well, then we'll tell you. Um, but anyways, Marissa is doing a great job, and she's getting there, and I just couldn't help but want to speak something positive over her. But I'm not going to do it. I'm going to let Becca Shade do it for me. Uh, this is Lioness.
hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Welcome back. That was Becca, Shay, and Linus. We're going to have to work on getting those lyrics out, um, but otherwise, it's a great song. Um, we got to call on Daniel Cotton, see if he's at work or if he would like to come forward for a few minutes for a moment or two with his praise, prayers, decrees, and declares. Starting his day with Yahweh. There is no other way. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Can you hear me okay? Yes, we can. Yeah, I get, I'm starting my day with Yahweh. He's the great physician. So definitely praising him for my health and strength. Praising Yahweh that I was able to get in on the call this morning. Thankful to him for the rising of the sun and the going down of the same. Thank and praise you, Yahweh, for ordering my steps to start my day with Yahweh and not just a saying or a riddle, but to mean it and mean that I am starting my day this moment forward with Yahweh, that you are my Savior, you are my King, you are my all in all, my great physician. You are the Yeshua HaMashiach over stomach virus. You are the Yeshua HaMashiach, the Messiah over any ailments that may be going on in my body. You are the great physician, and I trust and believe in you. Yeshua, I thank you that you've given us even beautiful weather in April. You've given us to see um, something that I spoke <laughs> I thank you, Yeshua, because the word says you think and um, and it shall be done. Or your word says, think of those things that are not as if they are. And Yeshua, your word also tells us that greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. The weatherman, the, each and every one that's predicting what's taking place would uh, warm global warming or whatever it may be, but I did speak Yeshua that I enjoy seeing the snow on the grass. I did speak that to you that I enjoy seeing the beauty in the morning with the white snow on the grass, and I like to see my bikes in the snow. So, Lord uh, Yeshua Yahweh, I know that you have a great sense of humor. You have a better humor than I do, and. When we speak things, it comes to pass. When we ask, it shall be given. When we seek, we shall find. I thank you and praise you and pray that you open the doors of heaven and pour out a brukata on every aspect of our lives for the reasons being of the weather, for the reasons being of what's going on with wars and rumors of wars. Yeshua, you are the all in all over every aspect of nuclear attacks. I praise and pray that you and decree that you bring forth an end to the mass murders. You bring forth an end to the uh, sexual sins of our country, of our government, of our officials, of our teachers and coaches and uh, elected members of the clergy and each and every one, the priests, each and every one that's maliciously, pervertedly taken advantage of children. Your will, Yeshua, is that they may have life and that more abundantly, that we train them up in a way they should go so that when they're old, they won't depart from the training. So I decree that us as adults will train up 
our children in the way they should go. Train up the neighbor's children in the way they should go. Help them to start their day with Yahweh. If we have something that they have desire for, that we give them a word from on high. We give them the sacred scriptures that would entail what they have need of and that they shall at every age ask and it shall be given. Knock and the door shall be opened. Seek and they shall find. So I pray right now that somebody may come into the path of my older children. I pray right now that somebody may give them a word from on high, whether it be Phoenix, Arizona, whether it be uh, Scottsdale, uh, Chandler, whatever area it may be that they find themselves today, the oldest, the older and the younger, that they may find the word somewhere, the sacred scriptures of somebody may intercede for them. Somebody may reintroduce them to the sacred scriptures in the right way to start their day with Yahweh and that the Messiah come a part of their life, their marriages, their workplace, their business, even their mom. We pray that your will be done. And I decree right now that every aspect of my life today be led in Yahweh every aspect of my life today be orchestrated by you predestined to be where I'm to be, when I'm to be there, how I'm to be there and who am I to meet and who shall receive the sacred scriptures that I am studying seriously and understandingly following after your will, not my way, but your way decree right now that I shall train up the children we have at home in the way that they should go so that when they're older, they won't depart and that the things I instilled from you into Isaiah, Jeremiah, Cashman, and Hillel will be impactful on the college campuses, impactful in Iowa, Oskaloosa, that somebody may see a light in this young man, that Jeremiah be a light in the world of darkness and have a word from on high sacred scripture that will encourage somebody in Yeshua, holy and mighty, precious name. Thank you. And amen. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you for that, Dan. Appreciate that. Um, well, I should have been ready with a song and I wasn't, but I'm going to find something here real quick. Uh, and then I guess I will be coming back. Um, I think that's the order of things. I actually lost it over the last couple of days. So um, here we go again. Anyways, this is not alone. Save a life living in fear 
All right, we're going to jump in to our uh, Wealth of Wisdom teaching this morning, unless uh, I'm supposed to be letting Rock jump in here. If he's got anything he wants to open with, uh, Archie, the line is yours. Abhi, I pray over Scott Scribe Pratt this morning as a shaliach, a messenger of the Master, and I just pray that you master a message through his mouth right now and through his heart and through his mind and that he is a heart teacher, a heart preacher at all times and that he just lets the Ruach flow through him and there's no hindrances. Every foul, nasty, unclean, wicked spirit that would try to thwart him from your loving will and purpose as you bring forth eloquently your message as he just trusts you with all his art and just opens his mouth and you deliver because you fill his mouth with your words. We just pray today with thanks that he has stepped in a position of leadership, that he is able to take a strong command of this morning ministry and be able to lead it and be able to uh, have the practice and the practice that makes perfect so that when he's standing in front of a room full of motorcycle enthusiasts that may have come from one percenter clubs, may have come from very dark side, that now that they are in the light, even as Yeshua is in the light, and they are serving with scribe, that he can lead those men with the utmost faith, the utmost endurance, and all of everything that has ever been put in his hands for leadership, that it just works through him because he remembers these times when he had the microphone, when you put him out in front like you did with Moshe. Moshe doubted when first told, and said, no, 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 pick someone else, not me, not me, not me, I'm a stutterer, don't pick me. And Yah said, go forth. He brought alongside him a mouthpiece to be able to work with him, and I uh, am honored to say that I have been alongside Scribe for many years and been able to be a mouthpiece for him when he was not ready to always speak, but you have made him your mouthpiece over these years and put him in the front and given him that position to lead. And even as so many great examples of so many that went out in twos uh, are in the scriptures, I thank you, Yah, that you have sent Scribe and I out in twos many, many, many times over the years. And with this virtual environment that we get to be, he can be in Wisconsin and I can be in Florida. He can be in Wisconsin and I can be in uh, Pottstown, Pennsylvania. Or he can come and join me on a motorcycle in Pottstown, Pennsylvania. And we can be together with uh, Dan Andrews and the congregation 
of love there. And wherever we have sown seeds over the years, uh, you have always been there, Abiyah, to bring forth those that would plant, those that would water, those that would fertilize, those that would bring the sunshine, the light. Uh, you have always been there to bring forth each one. And we don't ask that anyone follows scribe. We don't ask that anyone follows rock. We ask that they follow you. And we are all working on the same team. And I'm honored and privileged, Abba Yan. I thank you to have my ministry partner come to the front and be able to bring forth powerful, powerful messages, master's messages, starting oftentimes from just a cup of coffee in my kitchen, whether that cup of coffee was happening in Howard's Grove, Wisconsin, whether that cup of coffee was happening in Fond du Lac, Wisconsin, no matter where we were, those cups of coffee and the morning manna and the times that we spent early in the morning getting on our knees and speaking to you and starting our day with Yahweh was really the beginnings of the praise, prayer, decree, and declare. That was the roots of it. And I just thank you that you have put these roots in us so deeply that we're moved each morning to want to pay homage to you together, that we can come together, hallelujah, and we can bring forth our honor and respect that we have to you and to be just wide open to say, use me. Use me. Here I am, just this lump of clay, this chunk of dirt, and you can mold me, you can shape me, you can make me whatever you want me to be for your loving will and purpose today. I thank you that Scribe has been a lump of clay next to me and that we've both been willing, ready, willing, and able and sometimes, yes, we both fought it, and sometimes, yes, we, we were challenged, and sometimes there was conflict and different things going on, but you have always been there to clean it up, clean up our messes once we got our own self out of the way, once we crucified our flesh, the evil spirits, yuck of flesh, left, and the Ruach HaKodesh took over, and we became one as ministers of love, ministers of Ahaba, more Ahaba, love teachers. Hallelujah. How beautiful it is to be what you want us to be and submitting ourselves daily to that. So as he comes forth this day, he studies so hard. And he digs, and he digs, and he digs. And I just thank you for the investment in kingdom that he makes. And I ask that you bring it forth today with ease, 
that it just flows right out of him. Let the Ruach flow, let the Ruach flow. By the blood and the authority of Yeshua HaMashiach, I pray. Amen. Well, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you for that. Uh, Leonardo da Vinci, um, you are definitely a master's brush in the master's hand rock. Uh, high praise from a good friend from Ashlyak that has had my back that um, a lot of times loved me when I couldn't um, or when I wouldn't. So appreciate that. Um, and again, this, you know, this whole praise, prayer, decree, and declare. Yeah, I noticed last week that that's exactly what Yeshua is doing in John 17, in Yehukadon 17. It makes you wonder how many other places it's going on that we just didn't recognize it because those four words aren't there specifically, but that's exactly the tone and the demeanor that's being used. So I praise Yah for his revealing that to me and that it's something that we can that we can stand on as a firm foundation that if our Messiah is praising, praying, decreeing and declaring that we ought to be patterning our prayer lives around that as well in our days in their fullness. Hallelujah. I am 33. In Yahweh El Elyon, I am made righteous through Yeshua's righteousness. I am free of doubt. I am a son, brother, and friend and set apart good standing with the Kodesh reputation. I am loved to the deepest, most intense definition of the word in all languages. I am shielded by Shamaim's wisdom and protected from harm, both earthly and in the unseen realm. I am dead to my flesh, past sins, failures, and self-degrading, self-defeating thinking. I'm a powerful war prayer warrior, a guided altar worker, and a valued and respected messenger, possessed of the mind of Yeshua, and pursuing deeper levels of intimacy with the Creator. And I'm going to stop there because that's number seven. So, hallelujah. Moving on, I just decree and declare that this is going to be a great day moving forward, that doors are going to open for everybody involved, for everybody on the line, everybody hearing my voice right now, doors are going to open. There is going to be prosperity poured out, directed for the use of the kingdom. And that there's going to be power accompanying it. Abba, we know that that's your heart. We know that you want to reach as many as possible. We know that you want to, that the authority is yours already. So, Abba, in the name of Yeshua, we just come against everything that is standing in the way of allowing on earth as it is in Shamaim. And we just come against whatever barrier that is, and we, we call on your warring angels, Yah, to just go forward and to break that down, to demolish that so it cannot stand. Hallelujah. Um, last night I was looking into it, going back through uh, through Proverbs, or say for Mishle, rather, uh, which is the Hebrew, 
And we're looking at uh, the first chapter, verses 7 through 9. It says, The fear of Yahweh is the, be- is the beginning of knowledge, and fools despise... Uh, let me start over. The fear of Yahweh is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. My son, hear your father's instructions, and do not forsake the Torah of your mother. For they shall be an ornament of favor to your head and necklaces for your neck. There's a footnote here. It says, fear of Yahweh is the starting point to to true repentance, or true repentance and a true relationship with Yahweh and Yeshua, the creators of the universe. Next verses that follow are, say from Mishlei 9.10, says, the fear of Yahweh is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the Holy One, of the Kodesh One, is understanding. 1533, the fear of Yahweh is instruction in wisdom, and before honor is humility. Job 28:28, and to many said, Behold, the fear of Adonai, that is wisdom, and to turn from evil is understanding. There's a third footnote here. It says, Torah is Yah's eternal moral code and his very character. Favor unto us is his loving kindness to forgive when we inadvertently violate his Kodesh Torah. To live by the Torah is to keep his loving kindness around our neck on a daily basis. Now, as I was preparing for this, I uh, one of the things that always hung me up was that word fear. We all hear it many times. We, we, you know, we see it all over Scripture. Okay, fear Yahweh, fear Elohim. You know, well, there's got to be, there's got to be more than one application of fear. So, I ran across this site. Uh, it's Israel Bible Center. Shlach Rock is probably more than familiar with it. I don't know. Um, but this is by Dr. Nicholas J. J. Shasher. It was written August 4th, 2020. It says, what does fear mean in Hebrew? And this is, there was, it was a powerful write-up because, and it's not real long, it was just good. And if, uh, yeah, uh, Marissa, could I get you to look up Psalms uh, 111.10, please? It says, according to Proverbs, fear of Elohim is the beginning of wisdom. Then it references Proverbs 9.10 and cross-references Psalms uh, 111.10. Okay, and that reads, the fear of Yahweh is the beginning of wisdom, a good understanding to all those who are practicing them. His praise is standing forever. Hallelujah. Wow, that's Paul. I think that might be the first time I've actually read that verse. I'm going to have to take note of that one. Uh, the Hebrew word for fear, Yirah, Y-I-R-A-H, is common in Israel's scriptures, but it raises questions for English readers. Does the maxim encourage people to be afraid of Elohim? If so, how does being scared lead to wisdom? 
What did the ancient Israelites mean when they referred to, quote-unquote, fear? The various connotations of fear in the Bible illustrate an important lesson. Words only have meaning in context. Now, I'm going to pause right there. Um, I've, Rock and I have been studying and practicing and preaching under the understanding that it is essential to find context and definition in what we're reading and how we're reading it and to keep it there so things operate and flow together, okay? Now, I'm encouraged by seeing that statement here because it was written by somebody that has two letters before his name that I don't have, okay? And that's a capital D, lowercase r. And no, I don't, stand, don't believe it stands for DER, okay? Um, kind of tongue-in-cheek, I used to get called a doctor by one of the other uh, men of Yah that, we, that Rock and I uh, sat under. Um, and it was appreciated, but I, you know, I really didn't value it. I'm seeing it here now. I'm not claiming to be a doctor, but it's good to know that at least I'm thinking in certain areas on the same level as that doctor. He goes on to say, Therefore, in order to ascertain the implication of a given word, the reader must consult the surrounding context. Sometimes fear, and it does give the, Hebrew, the, the actual Hebrew write-up of the word fear, so I'm not even going to try to figure that out. Um, sometimes fear expresses fright. In other contexts, fear denotes reverence, respect, or even realization. And I, I, I stress that because I think that's, that's an, important, an important need that a lot of people just, they gloss over. Well, I don't want to fear Yah. I don't want to fear God. I don't want to fear Yahweh. I don't believe in, in, in anything that much. I, you know, why should we have to fear? What's he going to do? You know, it always has that negative connotation. Okay. He goes on to say, when the, Bible, when the Bible reader asks about the meaning of a Hebrew word, they might assume that there's a single and semantically stable answer. However, the definition of words do not function this simply in any language. Instead, the same word can have two disparate meanings, disparate meanings depending on its context. For example, we could say the view from her balcony overlooks the park. Alternatively, we could note he always overlooks important details. In these instances, overlooks carries different meanings that depend on the words around it. The same can be said of the Hebrew yare, or yar, y-a-r-e, to fear. Psalm 23 offers a well-known example of yar in the sense of visceral dread but the psalmist asserts that Yahweh's presence obviates such fear. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear, Yahweh, no evil, for you are with me. Psalm 23.4. In this case, the prayer describes the looming dread of the shadow of death. Uh, pray for me on this one. Salmavet. T-S-A-L-M-A-V-E-T. But assume, which would refers back to shadow of death, but asserts that divine imminence produces confidence in the face of fear. 
The psalmist could have used several other words to convey fear or dread, as, for instance, Yahweh does, in conversation with Noah, I'm not sure if I'm reading that right, God does in conversation with Noah after the flood. The fear, mora, and dread, hot, again Jewish or Hebrew, of you shall be upon every animal of the land and upon every bird of the sky. Genesis 9.2. Alternatively, the psalm could have employed other words for fear, as Moses does with reference to Yah's enemies. Terror, ima, and fear, pahad, fall upon them because of the greatness of your arm. Exodus 15.16. There is no single word for fear in Hebrew, and the various terms can have multiple meanings. Thus, we need the contexts of the words in order to determine their significance. Returning to Proverbs, the idea that fear of Yahweh leads to wisdom appears in the context of being receptive to instruction. Give to a wise person, they will get wiser. Teach a righteous person, and they will add to their learning. The fear Yirah of Adonai is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge, the At, of the whole, of the Kodesh one is understanding, Proverbs 9, 9 to 10. Here the word for fear parallels the word knowledge, which shows that fear in this context has nothing to do with being afraid. Rather, fear means awareness or realization. In Proverbs 9, 10, fear of Yahweh is another way of saying knowledge of Elohim or knowledge of Yahweh. Indeed, when the when Adonai appears to human beings, Yahweh is quick to say, do not fear. Al-Tira uh, is the, would be the, the, the Hebrew pronunciation. Uh, Genesis 15.1, Judges 6.23, and Luke 1.30. In these instances, Yahweh does not encourage a fearful response to the divine presence, but rather a ruach of respect, reverence, and receptivity. So that one hit me, uh, it hit me pretty hard because a lot of people have a hard time. I would, I would say most people have a hard time justifying or wrapping their heads around all the different all the different appearances of the word fear and if they don't get themselves right with the with the context and definition of it they are missing so much in fact they could actually be missing shamayim because of it because it is the knowledge and the direction if yah if yahweh is who he is and i'm not questioning that in the least and i don't believe anybody else should be either if there was ever a success story that should be taught, told, retaught, retold that you want to have hanging around your neck, if there was any possibility of potential prosperity in a passionate performance of our life, it's going to come from the reading of Yahweh's script 
in our life and an understanding of it and not, and not treating it like it's just something to be passed over. And that, and we, you know, do we understand what Yahweh did yesterday and going into the Feast of Unleavened Bread? He passed over, his passing over at that point in time was, was a, a shock and awe type of situation that ended in the death of hundreds of thousands of Egyptians and their cattle. As we pass over his word, as we, and again, we are passing over his word, as we read it, as it's laying out in front of us, we are passing over his word. Our passing, our passing over, his passing under, it's, it, it's in this word, as we're reading it, it's the one time that the word of God is submissive to our will. We have the ability to open or close that word at will, to either continue to un- seek understanding of it, to continue to realize what it says, to be in, in fear of it, or we can close it and completely disregard it. So I'll be on the name of Yeshua. I just thank you for the fact that we have an outlet, we have a resource such as Love Life Ruach Remnant Reality Radio. Rock and Sand as our overseers. Your word as their guide. And a loving heart from you, Yah, that wants to continue to educate us in how you want to be understood. Abba, in the name of Yeshua, we just ask that you help us to take this message in all its accuracy, in context and definition, in the right application, in the right understanding to the world so it can be the message that you've always wanted it to be. So that you and Yeshua are in your rightful places and the adversary is always and forever under our feet, a defeated foe, and cannot speak to us. We cannot hear him. Abba, we just pray for a hedge of angels around the ears of everyone on the line and everyone that's going to hear this as a pre-recorded message so that there is no doubt whose voice we're hearing. In the name of Yeshua. Hallelujah. And I mean.
love is forever Let the house of Aaron say Let all those who fear God say Oh, let Israel say His love is forever Let the house of Aaron say Let all those who fear God say My strength, my song come from my God And He has become my Yeshua Rejected has become Chief Cornerstone My Cornerstone This is the day that God has made We will rejoice And be glad in it Blessed is the one who comes Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. We bless you from the house of the Lord. Find the festival sacrifice with cords to the horns of the altar. God has given his light. He's given us light. Oh, let Israel say his love is forever.
See 
my brother from another mother, my best friend, for a what, what, what I'm sure is going to be, without question, an anointed, powerful, thought-provoking rockism. Don't know what it's going to be. It's a surprise almost every time you say he... he comes out with one. All I know is that it is going to come from the throne throne room of Shamaim and it is going to be worth hearing and rehearing and rehearing until it is threadbare, until you can walk it and talk it because Abiyah, the Rosh HaKadosh and Yeshua all have his ear. And 
they're not they, they don't have they, they they don't have to be yanking on it anymore. They don't have to be pulling on it to get just to get his attention. They're not pulling him around by it. And that's the last thing any of us want is to have that supernatural thumb and forefinger pressed up against our earlobe or against our nose just to get our attention. So my suggestion is pay close attention, hear the wisdom, receive the wisdom, and then apply it. Because it's coming from 30, almost 40 plus years of hard living. And if you're in your scripture at all, if you know your word at all, you know that that is pretty much the only prerequisite to be a walking, talking epistle for the Most High. That book, those 77 books, whatever you want to call them, is rife with characters with the same pedigree. So, hallelujah. Without anything further for me, Shaliak Rock, the line is yours. Well, thank you so much, Scribe, for your leadership and uh, getting this party started this morning. As we celebrate, it really is a party beyond comprehension. Unfortunately, people, what I've seen is they're kind of in shock when we start talking about a celebration because we're celebrating a death, a brutal murder that was ruthless and evil to the core. But he knew in his predestination that this was what he was brought forth and breathed in to do. And that is the rockism of the day, which connects to this incredible Tehillim, this incredible psalm that we have before us. This this Tehillim 118 really has so many components to it that Scholars have actually called it the Song of Yeshua, not a song of David, but a song of Yeshua, because it is so much expressing the accomplishment or the achievement that Yeshua brought forth by being breathed in. So the rockism, you know, 
definitely expresses the breath of Yah in that it breathed in David. David was brought in by this breath. And the Ruach, or the breath, was was breathing into him because it it really just overtook him as an author of the psalm to be able to not just bring forth some incredible aspects for us to use for worship or for in song, so to speak, but it took us to a level of prophetic and allowed us to see, as several other psalms do, a portion of this time period that was to come where Yeshua would take on the sin of the entire world. And, you know, this is, boy, I'll tell you, as a a perfect priest, right, a perfect priest, the supernatural servant, the loving leader, and everything that he was, I I believe that <clears throat> he sang this to them on the night in the upper room. And, you know, they they say that this immediate release of this hit song, this song that was to make the top 40 and would go down in history as one of the ultimate all-time rock songs. Surely, Tehillim 118. On the chief rock, the chief corner stone, the corner rock, the corner foundation, the Adonai, that's the deepest meaning of Adonai that we can find is a foundation. A foundation to build our life upon. And Yahweh, Yeshua, or Yahweh, Yahusha, is truly that solid rock that was so eloquently sung 
by David. We can find the suggestion in the prophet Ezra 3, 10 through 11, where he's pretty much telling us that Psalm 118 was sung at the founding or the ceremonial that they would make a big deal out of at the second temple. When the erection of the second temple happened, we brought forth David probably jamming on that harp like the rock star that he was. And just like me, just a real little pebble compared to the true rock star, the chief cornerstone, the stone that the builders rejected, the rock that was rejected by the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the Sanhedrin, they all rejected our chief, our commander-in-chief, when he finally shows up on the scene, as was prophesied by so many, he was rejected. And he was such a threat to religion that they had to kill him. And you know, that same tone that we see by the religious people that are out there defending Easter, defending their little church game that they play, is really very similar to that evil spirit. And they are more anti-Semitism, more anti-Semite, more prejudiced, more racist than what they even understand. Just like I believe that the delusion that was brought forth by Hasatan Gadrael himself as God, that's the bad guy, brought forth this delusion so that they would be delusional. And they would miss, they would miss that the actual Mashiach was the one standing before them. And he was a threat to their wealth that they were stealing from the people. Oh, believe me, there are... Hello? Okay, good. I said your husband messed up. Oh, boy. We got people talking here. I apologize. Uh, What should I... You know what? It would be better if it is that way. All right. So we got that stopped. Okay. That'll throw you off a little bit. (laughs) All right. Let me get back where I was here. All right. So, again, we ask that everybody keeps themselves muted unless you're being called upon to participate. 
in the broadcast. We surely don't want to squelch the anointing when it is moving upon any moray, any teacher that Yah has brought forth to our ministry to be able to teach. And if it throws me off, believe me, it'll throw almost anybody off because I'm pretty pretty uh, good with interruptions and babies crying and people tripping out, freaking out, whatever, in the middle of a service, being rude, talking too loud, whatever. Uh, I've experienced this my entire life. So um, the... I really can't believe that they go out and they cut the lawn uh, this early in the morning, and it's just nonstop. It it started at probably 7.15 this morning, and I just think that's for a vacation place that we are at. uh, That is an obnoxious way to start your day, and it's definitely not starting your day with Yahweh to have those machines constantly running next to our bedroom window because we are on the mini golf course and they're cutting the entire lawn with uh, weed whackers and everything else here this morning. There's like five of them out there and uh, it has really, really been a distraction. So besides Daniel Cotton rudely interrupting me, uh, I am already dealing with that in the background. And uh, we took Abe outside and had a little walk out there to kind of scope out who was making all this obnoxious noise. And uh, they got a whole crew out there. So uh, it's on purpose. And I don't think that they realize people don't pay money to get away from the world and stay at places like this and pay really big money to do it so that they can be woke up early in the morning. Now, we know that there are people that are getting up early in the morning and seeking Yahweh, and we're trying to minister to them. So either way you want to look at it, those that do get up, the last thing they need to be doing while they're studying the Word is listening to that obnoxious sound. So bear with me if you can hear that. I don't even know if you guys can hear it in the background, but it is really loud right next to my window, next to my porch, screen porch. I'm definitely not sitting out there because it's pretty wet and cold today. Uh, No snow here in Branson, Missouri, but definitely wet and cold. All right, so I was talking about the Chief Cornerstone, and... Psalm 118, we could see that Ezra 3, 10 through 11, would suggest that this psalm was a song that was sung at the founding of the Second Temple. And, of course, they did attribute it to being sung by David, according to the ordinance of David, king of Yisrael, Ezra 3, 310. And what really comes out in the song is the Ruach 
or the breath, as as I started with, the ruach being breathed into David. And we can see the master's hand all over him. And uh, it's it's really a, a beautiful expression of Abiyah coming through him in this psalm. And again, it's it's content that we're seeing is that which would show us surely that this is an achievement of Yahweh as salvation or Yahuwah salvation. Yahusha. And that accomplishment, that achievement that will come as he is salvation so prophetically in this psalm and others, so the prophet that we see and the prophecy that we see, or the Ketavim and the Netavim, both throughout, is very, very powerful. And this breakdown that I'm going to go through, I'm going to do this throughout the week, is going to show a calling to do a declare. So if ever we were to say, okay, well, I get my decrees and my declares for praise, prayer, decree, and declare, I get them from the Word. We should definitely see that the ultimate declaration of Yahweh's never-ending loving-kindness is coming directly in, or should I say, Yahweh's or Yahuwah's or Yahuwah's chesed, never-ending chesed. So Yahuwah's never-ending chesed is what the first four verses are really talking about. And if we were to take a breakdown, and that's why I'm going to actually minister on this one psalm for the entire week. Because in this psalm, we do see how it starts with the never-ending loving-kindness. So we're going to We're going to revisit that today, and that's going to be our foundation to start. But then we have a testimony to the enduring chesed or loving kindness and how that loving kindness, you know, is is a witness. It's a testimony that is given, and there's numerous cross-references of people that testify and witness and uh, share that, that same sentiment. So that is in the next few, and then from 10 to 14, 
we see that Yahweh comes in to save the day. So again, that would be salvation. He comes in to save when we get surrounded by enemies, right? And that is a beautiful section of the song, okay? And then we see the 15 through 18 are rejoicing in the deliverance. So all of our deliverance and transformation that he takes us out of, saves us from death, there's a rejoicing that we see that goes on in the song from 15 to 18. There's really, if you were to be a songwriter, which I've been, I've written over 100 songs in my career, um, and in the songs that I've wrote, I love personally my style of writing, which is to be a storyteller and to go through section by section to tell a story. So what we see all the way through each section that I've mentioned so far, it's telling a story, isn't it? And it's really powerful points within the story. And then, you know, you could make it a separate song if you wanted to, but it wasn't. Davi decided to put it together in what we could know as this song of a great deliverer that he is. He delivers us, and he's great, because he opens up the gates of rightness for us so we can see what's right and we can run through it, right? And this is our, our entry, you know, into the set-apart or Kadesh city, those open gates that we go through and are saved. And then as he winds it up in the 21st to the 24th verse, then we get this idea of a rock, a chief rock, a chief Adonai, a chief cornerstone, a, a chief foundation. He is the head of that corner. And when you're building you have to realize the importance of making sure that everything lines up to the corner. Everything's got to line up with the corner, or that building is not going to be level. You're going to be walking uphill or downhill. You're going to be sleeping with your head up or your head down. You're going to notice if that house was built poorly and there are houses like that built on a hill built on you know sinking sand they built on a, on a not a firm foundation but a bad foundation a foundation that was not 
straight because they didn't have the cornerstone. And if you're going to be building and be a kingdom builder, be a body builder like we teach in Transformed Recovery, that we finally get to set apart Scripture Step 12, and now we are going to be taking all these principles that we've learned and we are going to practice them in our daily affairs. We are going to take them out into the field and be a witness of living this stuff, of making this stuff a lifestyle. And I'll tell you, when it becomes a lifestyle for you to walk in his ways, it's an incredible thing. So we go into this idea through those verses of a chief cornerstone and then we look at from verses 25 through 28 the sacrifice that's bound to the altar. And that is a really cool way to wrap the song up when we look at the Ibrahi salvation. This Hebrews salvation, this idea of saving and the favor of Abba that leads us into preservation. We have to persevere. We have to continue. So there's a, a real great ending to the song. It, it really brings forth the binding of the sacrifice with cords to the horns of the altar. In the view of the greatness of Yahweh and the light that he gives, the sacrifice is willingly given, and this was fulfilled in a way that David probably never, ever expected. It, 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 it's hard to know when they were being given these prophetic words if they really realized, because, you know, I know what it's like to walk in the office of the prophet, to be able to get visions and see things. But when they're first given, you know, you're sitting there like, wow, could this be really real? Could this really be something that's going to happen in my life? And I've come to realize, yeah, it's, it's going to happen because it did, but it came months later or a year later or several years later, some things decades later, 10, 20, 30 years, and all of a sudden that vision that once was is now real. That dream that once was is now dreamality. And many of my rockisms speak on this 
dreamality. Uh, actually, I have several rockisms that, that I've written that go into this dreamality. And I, I came up with that dreamality word. Nobody else gave it to me, so I, I guess it's mine. I don't know if someone said it before me or not, but dreams become reality for those that are true prophets, true visionaries, true ones that are called, because I prayed for that. I wanted that, but I got it even before I really understood it. But I know that when I received the Ruach HaKodesh and fire in the Acts 2 message that was given by Kepha, when Kepha spoke out, because they all looked to him as the new leader of the Galal Talmudim, Nazarim, this group, this ragtag bunch of fishermen and carpenters and all kinds of just average guys that really loved him. They loved Yahweh enough that they would fall in love truly with Yahusha like they loved Yahweh. And they didn't need to have a big title. They didn't need to be a big religious hot dog that was out there as a Pharisee or a Sadducee or any kind of religious position. The authority that they were given was because of love. Because of love that was in their heart, and I'd like to believe that that's what happened to me. I'd like to believe that's what happened to Scribe. I'd like to believe that's what happened to Yami, that we, as we stepped forth in our faith, we caught that vision that Kepha had spoke on when Kepha or Peter spoke in Acts 2, he said, and I believe it was completely prophetic, your, your young men shall dream dreams and visions and that we would be seers. Dreams, visions. is so much of what here it is. David actually being in the dream, in the vision, we see it. And it's so clear that he had the incredible vision of a Mashiach in detail not just in Psalm 118, but in many Psalms, deep detail. And other prophets along the way had those same types of visions and dreams regarding the Mashiach. And I just am so moved 
when I think of this entire song being written and, and, and try to put yourself in the position of when you take that quiet time and you sit down with a pen in your hand or in front of a computer and you just try to write what's on your heart. And this is a principle that we encourage as set apart scripture step 10.7, the journaling, the daily journal, the diary, if you will. And I would think that as David was going through and he wrote so many things that probably the visionary, the prophetic, the dream came to him often. But we see it in Isaiah 53 in the surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of Yah and afflicted. So we see it all over the place that the, these visionaries, these dreamers, who many people laugh at the dreamer, even to this day, oh, yeah, it's just a dreamer. Well, the dreamers of Yah became very famous in Yah's eyes because they heard him speaking to them and through them they came forth. And I am just so excited and delighted that he was willing to use little old me to even have such a thing as a book of rockisms. They may seem to some of you as ridiculous at times. And what's the big deal? Why is this guy going to go ahead and write a book, a daily meditation book? with these rockisms in it, come on, are they really scriptural? And what I find is every principle in every rockism that I ever wrote, whether it's on marketplace ministry or whether it's on temple and that, you know, that synagogue, that tabernacle, all of a sudden being inside you rather than being outside of you, and all of that, it, it's in there somewhere in these visions and these dreams. And the rockism explanations can be so much of that. So, you know, breath of Yah breathed in David. Breath of Yah breathed in Yeshua. Breath of Yah breathed in rock rice. That's the rockism. And, you know, I didn't read it all. I touched on it. But this breath of Yah, I find, and he breathed in a lot of other people, but he breathed in me. And I pray today, hallelujah, 
as I start this series on Psalm 118 and we go through this for the rest of the Feast of Unleavened Bread, and I connect it all back to Moshea because, you know, even Moshea's sister Miriam or Miriam, if we really were to to think about this back in, oh, let me see here, back in the beginning of the psalm, there's even reference to her in the psalm. There's so much stuff in here that connects back to so many different things. This psalm is extremely deep. There was a song that Miriam sang when they were in the wilderness in Exodus 15 and 2. And we're going to get into that throughout the week, but I just wanted to note that, that the singer knew not only what Yah could bring that would be strength in a song, but that Yahweh himself would become their strength and Yahweh himself would become their song. And Yahweh himself would become their salvation. So we see these main points of the strength that Yahweh is in our life, the song that Yahweh is in our life, and the salvation, the saving Hanan, the saving favor. Because surely it is favor to have him save us especially in the fact that it is undeserved. That Hanan, that amazing Hanan, is completely undeserved. But yet somehow, some way, he saw fit to do it. So we're going to go through this entire psalm in detail line upon line, precept upon precept, and really break it down because that section that's it's in the middle, right, uh, which is verses 10 through 14, is an incredible portion of this. But there's so much more to talk about in just that section. And there's definitely in each section that I just went through an incredible master's message that we should be so excited and delighted to share with the world because surely as he spoke to Yeshayahu, as he spoke to so many throughout time, the way that he brings forth this Psalm 118 is 
a beautiful, beautiful thing that we should cherish. We should love the way he brought it forth because it so clearly depicts so many incredible points that we can sink our teeth into and live our lives by because surely we can see that Yahweh is our song. He is the song that we sing. There was a song that we used to sing in the ABC UPC years ago. You are the words to the music. You are the... You are the words that I sing. You are the melody. You are the harmony. Praises to your name I bring. And I I can't remember how that song goes completely, but it was a song that when I would come and I would worship, and that was one one of the cool parts about being a part of that UPC ABC congregation And actually more before we got to Cornerstone and Fond du Lac, but more in the Sheboygan one, they sang all those old hokey pokey, kind of sounded like a polka beat (laughs) that, that was going on. But you know what? The words were scripture. And when I looked up on that screen and I saw that I was singing scripture, I got so excited that I was actually singing these psalms, that I was actually able to to sing with my heart. And I, I, I guess I felt the heart of David, the heart of David coming through those incredible songs that we sing. So yes, Yahweh is our strength. And yes, Yahweh is our song. And we can rejoice in the fact that Yahweh is our salvation. We can sing about that, and we can be excited about that. And, yeah, we can call this the song of Yeshua, the song of the chief cornerstone, Psalm 118. Wow, what an incredible gift that Davi brought forth for all of us in the prophetic to bring forth a song such as this. So, Abby, I just thank you, thank you, thank you for the songs that have motivated me, and especially this one, over the years in my faith and in my walk. I love you and I thank you and I praise you. You get all the honor and all the kavod that's due because truly you are our salvation. Yahushua. I am salvation. That is you. Hallelujah. Thank you. Parashat Vayera Perek Yutchet Vayera elav Adonai be'elone mamre 
והוא יושב פתח האוהל כחום היום. וישא עיניו וירא, והנה שלושה אנשים ניצבים עליו, וירא, וירוץ לקראתם מפתח האוהל, וישתחו ארצה. ויאמר, אדוני, אם נא מצאתי חן בעיניך, אל נא תעבור מעל עבדיך, יוקח נא מעט מים, ורחצו רגליכם, והשענו תחת העץ. ואקחה פת לחם, וסעדו לבכם, אחר תעבורו. כי על כן עברתם על עבדיכם, ויאמרו כן תעשה כאשר דיברת. וימהר אברהם האוהלה אל שרה, ויאמר, מהרי שלוש שאים קמח סולת, לושי ועשי עוגות. ואל הבקר רץ אברהם, ויקח בן בקר רך וטוב, וייתן אל הנער, וימהר לעשות אותו. ויקח חמאה וחלב, ובן הבקר אשר עשה, וייתן לפניהם, והוא עומד עליהם תחת העץ, ויאכלו. ויאמרו אליו, איה שרה אשתך, ויאמר, הנה ואוהל. ויאמר, שוב אשוב אליך כעת חגיה, והנה בן לשרה אשתך, ושרה שומעת פתח האוהל, והוא אחריו. ואברהם ושרה זקנים, באים בימים חדל להיות לשרה אורח כנשים. ותצחק שרה בקרבה לאמור, אחרי ולותי הייתה לי עדנה ואדוני זקן. ויאמר אדוני אל אברהם, למה זה צחקה שרה לאמור, האף אמנם אלד ואני זקנתי? היפלא מאדוני דבר, למועד אשוב אליך כעת חיה ולשרה בן. ותכחש שרה לאמור, לא צחקתי כי יראה, ויאמר, לא כי צחקת. ויקומו משם האנשים וישקיפו על פני סדום, ואברהם הולך עמם לשלחם. ואדוני אמר, המכסה אני מאברהם אשר אני עושה, ואברהם היו יהיה לגוי גדול ועצום, ונברחו בו כל גויי הארץ. כי ידעתיו למען אשר יצווה את בניו ואת ביתו אחריו, ושמרו דרך אדוני לעשות צדקה ומשפט, למען הביא אדוני על אברהם את אשר דיבר עליו. ויאמר אדוני, זעקת סדום ועמורה כי רבה, וחטאתם כי כבדה מאוד. ארדנה ואראה, הכצעקתה הבאה אלי עשו כלה, ואם לא אדעה, ויפנו משם האנשים, וילכו סדומה, ואברהם עודנו עומד לפני אדוני. ויגש אברהם ויאמר, האף תספה צדיק עם רשע, אולי יש חמישים צדיקים בתוך העיר, 
האף תספה ולא תישא למקום למען חמישים הצדיקים אשר בקרבה חלילה לך מעשות כדבר הזה להמית צדיק עם רשע והיה חצדיק כרשע חלילה לך השופט כל הארץ לא יעשה משפט ויאמר אדוני אם אמצא וסדום חמישים צדיקים בתוך העיר ונסעתי לכל המקום בעבורם ויען אברהם ויאמר הנה נהואלתי לדבר אל אדוני ואנוכי עפר ואפר אולי יחסרון חמישים הצדיקים חמישה התשחית בחמישה את כל העיר ויאמר לא אשחית אם אמצא שם ארבעים וחמישה ויוסף עוד לדבר אליו ויאמר אולי ימצאון שם ארבעים ויאמר לא אעשה בעבור הארבעים ויאמר אל נא יחר לאדוני ואדברה אולי ימצאון שם שלושים ויאמר לא אעשה אם אמצא שם שלושים ויאמר הנה נהואלתי לדבר אל אדוני אולי ימצאון שם עשרים ויאמר לא אשחית בעבור העשרים ויאמר אל נא יחר לאדוני ואדברה אך הפעם אולי ימצאון שם עשרה ויאמר לא אשחית בעבור העשרה וילך אדוני כאשר קילה לדבר אל אברהם ואברהם שב למקומו
Well, hallelujah. Thank you, yeah. What do you say, Mr. Pratt? Well, hallelujah. I, I completely agree 100% with what you said about that song. Um, it's one of those that had that, had that beat that, uh, you know, just kind of got your heart moving, got your, you know, got your feet moving. And definitely the two things that Yahweh needs to uh, to make things happen. Um, and you know, it's amazing how David, in so many different ways, tells stories at length. Um, One eighteen is not the only place he does it in the Book of Psalms, but when you start looking at Psalms 22 and Psalm 23, and you start looking at the that way where they, where they are in the book and things of that nature, um, they don't necessarily need to be put in chronological order, but sometimes they just fall that way. But if you if one would the the mosaic that would be painted about the feasts. Um, especially uh, the crucifixion and resurrection of, of Messiah, um, he obviously had Yah's ear, and Yah was definitely speaking to him as he was putting the Psalms together. And it's just, it's a beautiful way to understand the truth of the salvation story and why would you know why wouldn't after you understand that why wouldn't you want to celebrate his feasts his moedim the way he directs us to um yeshua himself said sabbath was created for man not man for the sabbath he wanted to keep it as easy as possible as simple as possible um and the beauty of what David does in 118 in a lot of ways just speaks for itself but you've got to have you've got to have a want to be able to hear what it's saying otherwise it's just a closed book on your desk we absolutely we absolutely do have control over Yahweh and what he is allowed to do in our lives. Applying it in the wrong way isn't wisdom. Why not, you know, why not see the joy that even in the crucifixion and slaughter of his son, He turned it out. He, he turned it around for good by raising him up, so that we could be raised up, so that we wouldn't have to be stuck in our own yuck. So, hallelujah! With that, I back to you, Rock.
אדם דו מתפרץ. 